Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we are going to be talking. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. My name is Lauren and this is Liam. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us for our first live show in like a month. I, yeah, I can't it's believe a, it's how been a long, long time. it's been. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a lot to talk about today. First off, Ricky Gervais roasted celebrities. Journalists are mad because of course. Then Iran and US. I have quite a bit to say about that. Uh, then we're going to be talking about representation in games. Apparently not enough female shooters out there. And then finally, we're going to be finishing off the show with exposing Antifa, which I'm excited for. It's going to be fun. Uh, Before we get into that, though, I do have a message from Black Rifle Coffee Company, our beloved sponsors. They're a veteran-owned and operated premium small-batch roast-to-order coffee company for people who love America. They import only the highest quality beans from around the world and always roast to order their coffees for you after you place an order to ensure that you receive the freshest coffee available. All Black Rifle Coffee Company blends are available in whole bean and ground varieties, and they have many roasts available for purchase in single-serve coffee rounds. Also, if you have a sweet tooth like me, they do have Combat Cocoa, which is the absolute cutest hot chocolate I've ever seen. I would show you some of their coffee, but we've drank all of it, so none left for now. The best way to enjoy this freedom-filled coffee is with the Black Rifle Coffee Club. You choose the amount and the blends that you crave, and they offer it to you at a special discounted price, shipped free directly to your home or office every month, so it's pretty much a subscription service. So wake up to America's coffee by going to blackriflecoffee.com slash lauren. That's blackriflecoffee.com slash lauren. Enter the discount code lauren, and you'll receive 20% off your first order of any coffee products, including Black Rifle Coffee Club. Uh, not only do you get a great product but you also get to support the show if you guys haven't checked them out yet please do that all right so ricky gervais i i'm a i'm a fan of ricky gervais uh his special i think it's called humanity on netflix yeah you've been trying to get me to watch i have been trying to get you to watch i might i might do it at some point it's funny you know yeah it's funny and we're gonna get into this he used to be very cringy like atheist cringe you know there's still some atheist cringe there and that's what i'm gonna I don't agree with everything he says, but even when I don't, it's he's still a funny person. And I feel like there are some journalists, which we will get to, who apparently that's not possible for. Mm. Like, unless someone's towing the line that they like, they're incapable of laughing, which is too bad. This past Sunday was the Golden Globe Awards. If you're anything like me and most people out there, you did not watch this. Or were you even aware of it, is the question. I was not aware of it until I saw it trending on Twitter. I had exactly. no idea. Yeah. 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 And apparently this is like one of the lowest rate i feel like every new award show is one of the lowest rated award shows that we have Mm. um but what i did enjoy watching i think a lot of people did was the clips of ricky gervais who hosted just tearing shredding into all the celebrities that were in attendance it was so good um so there are so many clips that have gone viral on twitter especially people were sharing them if you haven't seen his monologue and i guess some of him presenting you can find stuff on social media or even youtube uh we have some short clips here that we're gonna play just if you haven't seen it i still recommend you check out the whole thing though and uh, we're gonna cross our fingers that we don't get copyright claimed because wouldn't that just be a nice welcome back to your live show but uh here Please, YouTube. Be nice. (laughs) You could binge watch the entire first season of Afterlife instead of watching this show. That's a show about a man who wants to kill himself because his wife dies of cancer. And it's still more fun than this, Okay. (laughs) Spoiler alert, um, season two is on the way. So in the end, he obviously didn't kill himself. Just like Jeffrey Epstein. (laughs) Shut up. I know he's your friend, but I don't care. 
So I thought that was hilarious. Uh, I don't think the celebrities in the room thought as much, but I thought that was good. And also, by the way, uh, before I forget, because apparently it's been a while since we did this, if you are a live viewer, we will be getting to your super chats about an hour into the show. So stay on the stream. We're going to be going over your comments, questions, concerns, and all of that. And that is also a great way to this, to support the show, if you mm-hmm. care to do that. Also, like, share, subscribe. Hopefully by now you guys know the drill. Um, so yeah, the next clip is the one that I think got the most attention. Again, it's hard because it's it's about a minute thing. We can't include all of it. But this is where he really tore into the virtue signaling that celebrities like to do during their acceptance speeches. Apple roared into the, the TV game with a morning show. A superb drama, yeah. A superb drama about the importance of dignity and doing the right thing made by a company that runs sweatshops in China. So, well, you say you're woke, but the companies you work for, I mean, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney. If ISIS started a streaming service, you'd call your agent, wouldn't you? So, if you do win an award tonight, don't use it as a a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. So, everybody loved his material. Everybody. I mean, on Twitter, this stuff has millions of views. The clips on YouTube, just enormous ratio of thumbs up to the thumbs down. I think he gained something like 300 Twitter followers after these clips began circulating. Yeah, sorry, 300,000 Twitter followers. (laughs) 300, big numbers, yeah. (laughs) No, but 300,000 new Twitter followers once these clips began circulating. Everyone online was saying how funny and how refreshing it was, how this is so needed. Like, people are tired of all the... I don't know, the holier-than-thou celebrity speeches, and he just calls them out, and right. it's great. And there was a lot of, I think, forced laughter in that room. and Uncomfortable, uncomfortable forced Uncomfortable clapping and, yeah. like, smiling that they didn't really mean it. You well, know? I mean, it was, but... It was fun to see. You ha- And you have to remember, right, he's presenting the Golden Globes, but their his audience, the people he had in mind, were not the celebrities that were in the room. No. Right, and that's something that I heard some journalists criticize, like, he didn't really get any laughs. He got a ton of laughs at home for the people he was actually, I think, targeting. He wasn't telling these jokes to those celebrities. He was talking to all the people at home, who I think the evidence goes to show overwhelmingly loved it. You know what makes me sad, though, is that Tom Hanks is, like, the guy that they have all the photos of him doing. And I I don't know. I don't know anything about Tom Hanks' personal views, but I, by default, love him. Yeah, because he's Tom Hanks, like, he's America's Tom Hanks, sweetheart. Right, he's just the best. Yeah. So, but yeah, he wasn't he's, he's the guy. impressed like yeah, the... Yeah, he's doing the... Yeah, but I liked uh, Adam Driver. Seemed like he was laughing yeah, pretty hard. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, who Ricky Gervais took shots at specifically for dating. He's like 50. Yeah. He dates like 20-year-olds. He was at least laughing at that, which is good. He's starting to look like... Um, Jack Nicholson a little bit. Yeah, he's not as cute as he was during his Titanic days. No. Uh, I mean, still obviously not an ugly guy, but he, he peaked. Anyway, so um, we have a bunch of journalists here who were not happy with Ricky Gervais, which I I was kind of one uh, failing to understand why. I saw people even trying to call him right wing. It's like, no, making fun of celebrities does not make you right or left wing. That's just that, – that that's not a thing that exists. But I think ultimately Ricky Gervais, he was making fun of rich – out of touch elites who don't know what they're talking about and love to virtue signal to like regular people about issues they actually contribute to. And I think the reason why some journalists reacted badly to that is because that also describes them. So I, I, I feel like they took it personally because pretty much everything he was saying about celebrities could also apply to the like kind of 
blue check mark lefty journalist Twitter class. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's also exactly their message that they're hoping to see propagated by these celebrities at every one of these events. Yeah. Right. So they they support these messages. Okay, yeah. so we have this here from Bob Chipman. The fake self-flagellating let's have Gervais roast people lol thing has turned into the grossest faux populist spectacle outside the Razzies. And Razzies are bad. Posh Brut reheating leftover 4chan dunks on marginalized people whose wealth is supposed to make it okay. Okay, so there's nothing marginalized about the celebrities who get invited to the Golden Globes. Like, let's just clarify this. I'm not one who kind of buys into the whole you have privilege by virtue of like race or gender or anything like that. But if you are a celebrity at the Golden Globe, like you're not, you're not marginalized. I think the whole wealth thing is one of the few places where it's like privilege is real. You you guys are, are millionaires. You're, you're wearing clothes that probably cost more than most people's cars. These people are not marginalized. Um, we also have a particularly salty piece by the LA Times. Politics reigned at the Golden Globes. Too bad Ricky Gervais didn't notice. I think he did notice, actually. And mm. I think that's what you guys weren't happy with. Uh, but this writer says, The host's acerbic wit was nothing new. He'd certainly offended in the past from the award stage, and ads for Sunday's telecast played on the idea that anything could happen, including Gervais being a jerk. His knack for ripping on Hollywood and offending the glitterati is well known among the thin-skinned in the industry. But at the Beverly Hilton, where the three-hour-plus ceremony took place, the mood was already sober thanks to an impeachment, the threat of war with Iran, and devastating bushfires in Australia. The last thing anyone needed was for the smirking master of ceremonies to reprimand them for having hope or taunt the room for trying to use their influence to change things for the better. Like, that's that's all these Hollywood celebrities were trying. They were just trying to have hope that things would be better and just, like... It was a dark, depressing room. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and they were just there to try to, like, put forward a positive message. It was like Londoners in the subway stations. Yeah, right, it's during... the same during World War II, these poor yeah. celebrities. I, I mean, I will say I am kind of torn with Ricky's message in one sense because I do feel like every citizen like the political life should be important to every citizen yeah but at the same time he's right these people just don't have any kind of authority to lecture people on these kinds of topics mm-hmm. so I, like I think politics are important for everybody to get involved in yeah right? but at the same time there's something to be said about well it. and that's like I've had to kind of correct myself because I've before kind of really bash celebrities for having political opinions but you're right everybody deserves to have an opinion about politics but i think what people have an issue with is that you have these celebrities who use these award ceremonies which are supposed to recognize their acting abilities or their screenwriting abilities right and they bring politics into it which is something totally different it'd be like if your dentist started lecturing you about impeachment as you're there having your teeth cleaned that's happened to me actually about trump but not about impeachment yeah it's like i can't you're trapped. Yeah. You can't say anything. But I think that there's the question of, okay, is this even appropriate? If we if we appreciate you for your art, can't we just do that? So there's the, the question of setting. And then on top of it, if you listen to these speeches, they're not just, the, you know, these are my opinions, blah, blah, blah. Like they hold themselves as like gold star examples of expertise and virtue. It's It's so condescending. So I think there's something to be said of just keep your mouth shut for the stupid award ceremony. And I think most people agree with the stance Gervais took, which is that like, just come up here, get your award, say thank you and go. We're not tuned in to hear your political views. Like you, they yeah. can, they have the right to still do it, but they can't then complain when no one wants to watch them. Um, and, you know, he's making fun of hypocrites here is the thing. Like, yes. he's making fun of these celebrities because they do things like virtue signal about the environment than write on private jets, right? If you listen to his jokes, 
he's mad about the fact that they lecture about gender equality, then hang out with the Epsteins and the Weinsteins of the world, right? So this is not him looking down on people for trying to have hope, okay? This is him calling out hypocrites in a delicious way. Uh, We also have The Independent. This is my favorite one. Ricky Gervais cheapened the Golden Globes, but worse, he overshadowed vital political statements, these vital celebrity opinions. Ricky Gervais' performance last night The Golden Globes was enough to make Gene Kelly turn in his grave. Once upon a time, Hollywood was synonymous with elegance and class, but Gervais' tirade of nasty and smutty jokes, oh yeah, because otherwise Hollywood is never about the smut, um, (laughs) proved that tabloid culture has leaked its way into even the highest tier of entertainment. Call me a prude, but a joke about Judi Dench licking her butt hardly screams high society. Okay. Yeah, what era are we in again? Yeah, and also, like, he's making a joke about stuff that actually happened in the film. So what's what's bad? The joke about the thing that actually happened or the thing that actually happened, right? I would be more mad at cats for ruining Hollywood's reputation than Ricky Gervais. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, back in the day, yeah, sure, like 50 years ago, Hollywood was kind of classy, you know? The stuff that my dad watches nowadays, yeah. you know, lamenting about what it's become. But it's not like but that anymore. This is the source of degeneracy for most of Western society. It's, yeah. the, it's the bottom of the barrel. So. No, for sure. Uh, the article continues. If there's a place for che- if there's a place for cheap humor, it's at Friday night work drinks after one too many. An episode of South Park or in a best man's risque speech. It's certainly not on the stage that birthed the hashtag Me Too movement. One that should respect its power for mass influence. Like you're congratulating yourselves for birthing the Me Too movement. Hollywood is the place where everyone's rapey, though. Like, you can't congratulate, like, it's so great. We're finally calling out our own rapists. Like, no, you don't get to congratulate yourself for that. They continued, last night, Gervais really did come across as an idiotic clapping monkey, grabbing your attention, but for what you're not really sure. Presenting Gervais like a teenager acting up to shock his parents is a step in totally the wrong direction. It sends out the message that Hollywood is a place with no morals or respect, Yes, that's what I would, I would agree yeah. 100%. Where true talent can be exchanged for a few expletives and where the big issues hide in the corner while the village idiot dances under the big bright spotlight. What and how out of touch are these people that they this is how they view Hollywood as like this moral Ugh. force for positive social change, these like moral class. Like, no, that's not Hollywood at all. They're, they peddle degeneracy. They're a bunch of beautiful idiots with substance abuse projects, sorry, substance abuse issues who, you know, once in a while take a break from raping each other to give each other a pat on the backs. Like and these moral are, advice to yeah. the masses. Yeah. <clears throat> Outrageous. So <clears throat> long story short, if you haven't checked out Ricky Gervais's special Humanity on Netflix, mm. I recommend you do. It's very funny. And there were people after this special saying, well, you know, he's not right wing. He's not pro-Trump. He doesn't agree with you. No one who was like laughing along to his jokes about celebrities was thinking it's great that he actually supports Trump. No, that's not what this is about. Ricky Mm -hmm. Gervais is a liberal atheist and that's fine, but he's a funny liberal atheist and it's too bad these journalists seem to have forgotten how to laugh. And I can understand why the celebrities themselves weren't laughing. I get it. I I get it. But it's like these journalists like, come on, how how much of a... It's ridiculous. How much sucking up could you possibly do? Now, do you think that he's following the recent trend of like comedians kind of talking back against this popular woke culture? Well, Ricky Gervais... If there is a trend, Ricky Gervais has always been at the front of it because mm. he he did stuff like this at previous award shows that he's hosted. I'm shocked each time they invite him back. And if you watch Humanity, I mean, like, he did things like he dead named Caitlyn Jenner. He got in trouble for this. <laughs> like his 
his anti-PC comedy special was out before Dave Chappelle's, was out for, before Bill Burr's. So this really just is his personality. This is him. Right. And he's funny. I guess part of it, they <clears throat> probably knew what they were getting into and they wanted the attention. And, you know, even bad attention is, is good, good attention. Good attention, right. Nowadays, like, why so. else would we be talking about the Golden Globes? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think maybe similar, like, in similar news, it was just announced that the Oscars, again, would have no host. Oh, yeah. Apparently they're not as, I'm not sure who, like, who exactly organizes the Oscars, but apparently they don't have the balls that the, uh, what is it, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association or whatever does because they keep inviting Gervais back. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so the the least cynical interpretation of the speeches that were given, uh, you had Patricia Arquette talking about just, I don't know, some sort of social justice thing. Michelle Williams thanked her abortion for her award. Great message That's, there. Uh, what's that? Elegance in class? Elegance in class. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the least cynical interpretation I have of those speeches is that you're trying to get attention by parroting the correct popular opinion among your peers in your industry. That's like the most generous I can be for them. So before we get into the segment, I have a quick message from our awesome sponsor, My Billy. They deliver premium razors direct to you for half the price of what you'd find in stores. You can go to mybilly.com and that's spelled B-I-L-L-I-E to get their starter kit, including two razor cartridges, a handle and their magic magnetic holder for the shower. And I have one right here. They're super cute razors. And you know, this sticks right to your shower wall and Boom, magnetic. So you never have to worry about dropping it or anything like that. For only $9, you get four refill blades every one, two, or three months based on how often you shave. So with most subscription boxes, you get what you get. Doesn't matter if you go through it too fast, not fast enough. But with MyBilly, you can actually choose how often you get deliveries. Each razor cartridge includes five American-made blades in case an aloe shave soap for the smoothest shave that's gentle on sensitive skin. They also have more space between each blade to allow shave cream soap and hair to pass on by. They're an Allure Best of Beauty winner and on Nylon's beauty hit list because Billy is the brand that finally got women's razors right. You get free shipping always, skip, adjust, or cancel your subscription anytime. And to express a little love for our show, go to mybilly.com slash Lauren. Again, mybilly is M-Y-B-I-L-L-I-E for 10% off your razor. It's a small way you can support us while also getting the best razor you will ever have for half the price of razors in the store. Again, shipping is always free. This is a limited time special offer. So go now and save 10% off your razor at mybilly.com slash Lauren. This past week, world has been on edge. I'm sure you guys are aware, wondering whether war would break out between the U.S. and Iran. So this comes after a lot of aggressive behavior from Iran in 2019. Um, you know, they brought down drones, continued to be a state sponsor of terror. There were military kind of conflicts they had with U.S. and U.K. forces. Most recently, an American embassy was attacked, which prompted the killing of the General Soleimani. And so at that point, that a lot of people, apparently all of these foreign policy experts online that I, I didn't even know they were experts, um, began announcing World War III. Actually, mm. not just announcing, simultaneously announcing and surrendering World <laughs> War III, which I thought was impressive. Yes. Um, but most recently, Iran, in retaliation, launched, launched some missiles at some American bases in Iraq. No casualties have been reported. After that, Trump did give a speech that seemed to signal that the U.S. wouldn't be taking any further military action and will also be increasing sanctions. We have clips from that. Um, the entire speech is available online, but here's some highlights. As we continue to evaluate options in response to Iranian aggression, the United States will immediately impose additional punishing economic sanctions on the Iranian regime. 
these powerful sanctions will remain until Iran changes its behavior. We suffered no casualties. All of our soldiers are safe, and only minimal damage was sustained at our military bases. Our great American forces are prepared for anything. Iran appears to be standing down, which is a good thing for all parties concerned and a very good thing for the world. No American or Iraqi lives were lost. Okay, um, so since that speech, it has been reported that missiles were fired at Baghdad's green zone. No casualties from that either, at least not yet. And this actually just happened earlier today, like a more missiles being launched. I am not even sure if Iran has officially claimed that that was from them or if one of their syndicates, I I'm not even sure we're still, this is an ongoing situation. So apologies if by the time some of you are watching that, it's not the most up to date, but uh, it does look like World War III isn't happening. Thank goodness. And uh, by the way, I do want to say, even if heaven forbid the US and Iran went into like full on military conflict, uh, that doesn't mean World War Three, no. right? So I think everybody with this, I understand why people are tense. There are a lot of lives at stake. It's important, but I, I, we should calm down a little bit, right? Because even if U.S. and Iran went to war, um, doesn't mean World War Three, right? You can't simultaneously claim that Trump is a Putin puppet while at the same time believe that they're going to go to war with each other over this. So just everybody calm down. Um, and we don't often talk about the Middle East on this show. I was really interested in that when I was in college. It's what I studied. Um, but for the past, like, honestly, like five or six years, I just haven't been interested in foreign policy all that much. And uh, yeah, the conversation surrounding the situation between different people has been very tense. A lot of people are afraid of an all-out war, which I think is fair. A lot of people are now calling Trump a warmonger, saying he's you know, been influenced by the neocons. Other people are saying he doesn't want war. He just wants Iran to understand that there are consequences for attacks against Americans or American interests. Um, if you follow me on social media, you'll know that I'm not a neocon. I'm pretty anti-interventionist in the Middle East. I do think that a lot of the disapproval over the administration's actions are reasonable. Like, I think it's perfectly fine to question whether killing Soleimani uh, would be too much of an escalation and would prompt severe retaliation from Iran. I think it's perfectly fine to question whether the U.S. should even be in the Middle East in the first place, yeah. which is what my opinion is. Um, but what is not fine and what I would like to talk a little bit about is and what's just not a legitimate criticism of the Trump administration at all is the idea that actually Iran are the good guys, right? Of, of all the opinions that are floating around out there, and I understand the situation is complicated, that is one where it's like, no, 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 no. Let's just cross that out of the list of things that it's okay to say. Um, and this view, that's a viewpoint that's, I, I've seen a shocking amount online. And like, yep. don't get me wrong, I still don't support all of the neocons who are kind of like at the edge of their seats, almost frothing at the oh mouth. Oh my God, it's sickening. Right. Yeah. There's some people out there who want war, right? But there are people like you have the the neocons who just never met a war in the Middle East they didn't like. And then you have the people, some of them on the left, who I think want war for the different reason of then being able to say, look how awful Trump is. Um, those are both... Which is funny because they were totally pro-Hillary at the start, who was definitely... Much more hawkish. Much more hawkish towards Russia, too. Not like yeah. Iran, like something much more powerful I remember thinking yeah. on the debate stage, there was almost one point where I was like, wait, did she just declare war on Russia? Because it kind of seemed like she did. So, yeah. I mean, with this, again, like we're going to need to see how things 
unfold, but you, you can disagree with the killing of Suleimani while still acknowledging that he was a terrorist who had British, American, and Iraqi, Iranian, Yemeni blood on his hands, but disagree with the act of killing him. That's fine. You can not want war with Iran while still acknowledging that the Iranian regime is terrible, like objectively terrible, uh, you know, huge violator of human rights. Um, but it seems like there are people who are so deep into just Trump derangement that they're actually defending Iran in this situation. Uh, and I don't just mean defending the people of Iran, because there are a lot of Iranians who don't support the government. And mm. we've been hearing some of these voices on social media. There's a huge protest movement in that country. But no, there are people legitimately going out there to bat for the Iranian regime, which is so crazy. We've seen it with the media. They've been downplaying just who exactly Soleimani is, what his history was, downplaying- An or austere religious scholar. Yeah, that of deal, kind of thing. You know, yeah. Downplaying or completely omitting Iran's attacks uh, against Western forces. For the rest of the segment, I, I would like to show you some of the most egregious things we've been seeing. Um, so there's this one tweet that kind of went viral. It has 67,000 likes and it says, we stand Iran. And it has a, a clip which we're about to play for you guys. And I just want to say that going through the replies to this, and again, 67,000 people were like, yes, go Iran. And we're, we're going to show you this clip of why apparently Iran is just great, this super cool country because they don't like Trump and Trump is also bad. Here's this clip. مرگ بر آمریکا یعنی مرگ بر شما چندتایی که اون گروهی که دارید اداره میکنید کشورتون رو مراد اینه حالا در این دوره اینان uh, like I get some people don't like Trump I get that some people are critical of American involvement in the Middle East I, I am I, I don't support American forces being there but but at the same time I don't think people who hear that and think oh yeah that's fine then understand the kind of things that go on that the, the government of Iran does. They actually yeah. sponsor terrorists, uh, very, very anti-gay. There are women who get in trouble with the government for taking off their hijabs. They're, they dance in the streets in protest because you're not allowed to do that there. There was actually just a huge bunch of protesters, some as young as 15, who were killed by the government. Like, this is not a good regime. No, and let's be honest. What he was talking about with the death to America stuff, its that's covering your butt. Exactly. Right? That's just saying, I don't want to escalate this further to include all the American public. No, but, but the thing be... is that PSYOPs, and it's working with these people. Oh, it's, yeah. It, it's working very well. And someone who I think has totally gone off the deep end with regard to this situation is Michael Moore. If you guys follow him on social media, he is a pen, essentially all but pledged allegiance to Iran. Very, very strange. Um, we have one of the tweets here, which actually, keep in mind, this is actually originally posted in Persian by him. We just have the translation up here. That's right. This was after uh, Suleimani. He says, I'm guessing, talking to the Ayatollah, Sir, I deeply regret the violence on our behalf by a man that most Americans have never voted for. Avoid power. A sincere man, Michael Moore, an American citizen. Um, and I think you had something that... Oh, yeah. Uh, it was Imam Tawhidi, I believe, that said that the translation for the word sir there can also be translated as master. Yeah. Which it, is, just... uh, it was perfect because this guy's this guy's 
a loser. That's yeah, no, it is. And the thing, like, you don't have to support what Trump did. That's there are legitimate reasons for that, but that doesn't mean you all of a sudden start sucking up to Iran. And he he put out this tweet. Maybe his last name's a hint, though. Yeah, <laughs> he's a more. Yeah, just totally. I don't even know what he's trying to say here. This was uh, included. This originally was a picture of the, I guess, memorial service they had for Soleimani. Right. He says, just wondering, is there an American general for whom millions of us would turn out for his funeral? Mad Dog, Kelly, Colin Powell? Can anyone even name the chair of the Joint Chiefs? We all support those who serve, but would we pour into the streets like this? Like, what are you trying to yeah, say here? Like, what is the point you're trying to make that he was such a great guy? He had the love of the people? Because there, a lot of Iranians were going on social media to say, no, a lot of us are glad. I mean, you have a million people show up. That's like a, a small percentage of the overall population who actually does not support what Soleimani was doing. Why? You're trying to canonize him now? I don't understand. And it's also like the America is not in a warring state like like the, the countries in that area often are, mm -hmm. right? Like generals hopefully aren't that important to your nation. Yeah. You hopefully don't want to have to use generals. Hopefully you don't really know many of their names because, well, the Canadian military doesn't do anything. Yeah. It's right? like, are you trying to encourage jingoistic military allegiance now? Like, I don't understand. I don't get like, it either. What, what are you doing there? Like uh, some kind of nationalism too? What's yeah. going on, Michael Moore? You're confusing me. You know what? The, the problem is that the United States just doesn't have the same amount of nationalism theocracy that Iran does, that, which apparently now that's is a what it good is. thing. And I just want to say on a side note, Michael Moore is like everything that a man should not be. I would agree. Like, like he's just he's just like, why are you offering me any advice? You're just like, yeah, let me feel that you're ugly, you're obese, you have, you're just sour. It just drives me nuts. Oh, I'm he's sorry. a racist apparently too, if you yeah. follow what he was saying about awful white voters. But you also had people like Rose McGowan. She had some cringy tweets. I didn't, oh, yeah. she was a bit too far. I didn't include her, but I don't think these people understand that you are the reason why Iran hates America so much. Like you, your progressive, whatever liberal sensibilities, like they don't like Trump because he's the leader of their enemy. He doesn't like people like – the Ayatollah wouldn't like people like Michael Moore, Rose McGowan because of their beliefs. Everything they stand for as these liberal elitists, the Iranian regime hates for who they are, just so we're clear. Um, so Bette Midler, this was just – this. I don't even know if this is sucking up or racist. She says – this tap on the wrist, does the word faint mean anything to you? Or do you actually think this is the end of it? Iran is thousands of years old and was the first empire in history. Okay, no, but uh, surviving because they are cunning, crafty, and have lots of what we do not, patience. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> like, I, That was so cringy. Let's be honest. That was... I don't even know. Oh. But is that like, can you call an entire people cunning, cunning and crafty? crafty is, that yeah, sounds, sounds anti-Semitic already. I know, but also you're pro them. It's, it's just weird takes. I've been going on social media because yeah. of this whole thing. And we have Ilan Omar, who was very upset when Suleimani was killed. And she also, um, after the, the Trump administration came out and said, okay, we're going to do sanctions, which a lot of people would say, okay, that's good. That's kind of soft power. It's a way to apply pressure without escalating a military conflict. All right. She apparently is not for that. She says this makes no sense. Sanctions are economic warfare. They have already caused medical shortages and countless deaths in Iran. A lot of people might say that those shortages and deaths were the responsibility of the regime who is being outwardly hostile. But okay. Uh, she says, you cannot claim to want de-escalation and then announce new sanctions with no clear goal. This is not a measured response. So a lot of people have pointed out that this is a little bit strange to hear from her, considering she is a 
firm supporter of the BDS movement in regard to Israel. As most people know, boycott, divest, sanction. Okay, she supports sanctions or what she calls economic warfare against Israel. Now, if you've watched this show before, you'll know that on this channel, we treat Israel like any other country, yeah. which is a foreign concept, I think, among a lot of Americans That's who true. either really hate Israel or really love Israel. Uh, I've been called uh, a Zionist shill, and I've also been called not a real conservative because I, I don't understand why Israel gets all of this foreign aid. So they're like any other country, in my opinion. So, but it just, this is some bold hypocrisy, right? Absolutely. When it comes to Israel, heck yeah, let's sanction them. Iran, how could, how could you dare say you would sanction Iran? So it's Didn't just, she also criticize Jewish people for having dual allegiances? Yes. Wasn't that her? Yeah. And then here she is supporting Iran in like this kind of outward way. Yeah, it's like, what are you, what's very going on strange. Here? So, um, are you a double hypocrite at this point? <laughs> I Again, like this is an ongoing situation. I'm hoping that by the time we're like finishing this show, we're not finding out that a bunch more missiles were launched. I, I hope not. I hope things can, a little detente can begin. But it's just been, it's been very confusing to me watching all of these people I don't know. Yeah, go to bat for what is objectively a murderous regime. We can let's have a conversation about what the appropriate response should be, of course. But through all of that, let's not forget that this is a hostile regime. It's like you don't need to say that Kim Jong-un is a good guy to say that, hey, let's not go to war with North Korea. And I feel like that's being forgotten in this conversation right now. Okay, so moving on. Representation in games. Awesome. I love yes. I love representation. It's it's an issue we've talked a lot about before on this show. Uh, the idea that there need to be more trans, lesbian, disabled people of color in TV shows, movies, and books, of course, or, yeah. or else it's white supremacy. That, to me, has been one of the more annoying byproducts of social justice. But recently, uh, developers behind the game Escape from Tarkov came under fire for not having playable female characters in the game. And I guess uh, apparently they don't have any plans to add any. You haven't played the game, but would you mind just telling us a bit? About yeah, I know it? what it's about. It's, it's no, my understanding is it's kind of like a, a PUBG or what are they called? Where the first person shooter? No, well, it is a first person shooter, but it, it's like a, there's a whole bunch of people on this one server, and you're trying to live or escape. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's just a shooting game where you play as a character and you get some loot and you get out, basically. Mm -hmm. um, it's very popular now. It's had a resurgence. and Yeah. So this is the article that PC Gamer released uh, about this. It says, Escape from Tarkov Dev says the military shooter will not be getting playable female characters. Due to the game's current popularity on Twitch, a 2016, 2016 interview with... WCCF Tech has resurfaced where a representative of Escape from Tarkov explains the developer's decision to not have playable female characters is that women can't handle that amount of stress and that the battlefield of Escape from Tarkov was a place only for hardened men. Battle State yeah. Games has addressed these comments in a Twitter statement explaining that the comments made were misinterpreted and that the employee was subsequently reprimanded. Battlestate then followed up with two more tweets explaining that it still stands by the decision of not including playable female characters due to lore and animation reasons. First, there are women in EFT already. Traders, some future key storyline quests will have women as main characters, but there will be no playable female characters because of game lore and more importantly, the huge amount of work needed with animations, gear fitting, etc. So I've said it before and I'll say it again. 
Um, I don't think it's necessary or even a good idea or realistic to try to make sure that every group possible is shoehorned and represented in every situation in every piece of media. Yeah. Uh, that to me is just, it's not realistic. It's not necessary. Uh, that's not how the world works. Yeah. Um, certain groups are more or less represented in certain situations and certain periods of history and well, whatever. And I think that's fine. If you're having a game based on anything like these shootouts appear to be, I think it is totally reasonable to assume that if it were a real situation, no, there would not be female characters or, like, you know, female it's combatants all, It's in Russia, too, as far as I'm aware, you know, like, yeah. so there's probably an overwhelming amount of white people in it, you know. Uh, so racist. Other, other problems like that. I mean, I think the devs can do what they want. I mean, I will say that the statement where it's like, women can't handle stress. I can see stress, why people were mad I was at like, that. I was like, hey, I that's, a little bit, yeah. that's a little bit cringy. Like, that's, what's going on there? You don't need to, like, that's not... Yeah, yeah, I can on. see why people were mad at that, but it, it seems like that was just like one person who worked there who's yeah. been talked to. Maybe he was taking out of context, whatever. I don't think that it needs to kind of escalate into people just right. being mad at this game as a whole. And we have some responses to that article here that I thought were very interesting. Um, responses to that article were kind of mixed. Here we have someone saying, finally, someone who doesn't bend to the mob. But this person says, yeah, because everyone knows only dudes deserve to play something they can relate to. Mm. That to me is very strange because I, like you're playing as this person who's probably going to be killing like hundreds of people if you play the game in some like you're in some Russian former Soviet state is the fact that you can't relate to this really just because there are no like if mm. there are a woman you'd be like oh now I can picture myself there now mentally I can insert myself and it's also strange because these are people who I'm guessing would defend the idea that no Ray is not a Mary Sue but if, if people don't know Mary Sue's are that's what people call characters who are kind of just like inserts where you're supposed to be able to put yourself into their position. Um, they don't really have any maybe defining personalities. So you can just imagine yourself in their shoes and they're perfect and everything goes well. It's just kind of like wish fulfillment. Um, that's what people call Rey from Star Wars. And people are like, oh, no, how could you say that? But here we literally have people saying, no, I want to be able to see myself in it. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on the fence here myself because I have like that, that grug brain. I don't really play as female characters ever. That means and you're sexist. It, it does, I guess. Yeah. I mean, unless you identify with the female characters, you're clearly just right. I, I mean, so I've never played Tomb Raider games. Never played like there was a recent one, Horizon Zero Dawn. A lot of people liked. I've never gotten into them. I, I can't put my mind there. So to some level, I can relate. But that's just because I guess my hind brain is the only thing that's active when I'm gaming. <laughs> There's no forethought in any of it. it just, but even uh, then, like you're not going to Tomb Raider and saying have a male playable character, or no. else I'm going to ex no complain. exactly. I mean, it's a different game. Just don't play that game. Even regular women, most of them don't have triangular breasts like they have in Tomb Raider, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, it, but they can still play as them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so part of me is like, yeah, I, I kind of understand wanting to have. A, a character like that but most of the time for me it's just because when i'm playing like a first person shooter and next thing you know like i was talking about gears of war with you earlier mm -hmm. and then you have these guys that are like juiced up monsters whose like arms are the size of my entire torso yeah and then they introduce women uh, i think in the third game and walk seeing these these like lauren sized women like meleeing <laughs> the grug like this this monster guy and then the guy just flies off in the distance like the same damage same physics everything it's just i was like all right i you don't think that's realistic? I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. I just can't. Yeah. I'm, so I, I, I kind of support, like, if you want to put character, female characters in your game, like in Halo and have them kind of beat up on guys, even though it's not the most realistic, I don't have a problem with that. I also don't have a problem with that in movies. Do what you want. Yeah. Do what you want. But also, if that's not there, it shouldn't be this 
I don't know, expectation uh, expectation on every writer or game developer or author no. that you you have to have that, especially when you are trying to kind of maybe create a sense of realism. I think it's reasonable to say, hey, this isn't even this doesn't even make sense. And I think these these people also need to realize that I would tell them it's a first person shooter. You you can't even see yourself when you're playing. And apparently in this game, you're right. you don't have your like your characters and say anything anyway. So it's like does it really matter that much? I don't think so. Yeah, there was a whole about a year ago there was a whole debate with another game about race. Yeah. Uh, called Kingdom Come Deliverance. That was based in basically they, they took a map of an area in the Czech Republic today and they made a historical game about it. And then everybody was angry because there weren't enough black people in it. And it's like even modern day Czech Republic. Not a lot of black people. Not a lot of black people there. <laughs> yeah. Medieval time Czech Republic, let's be honest. There's, yeah. there's none. Yeah. But people were still mad about it. And so I, I get the realism thing. I definitely like to me, there's they're just there's a company there that's carving out a market. Maybe maybe some of these people are right and they are trying to sell the game to people that, that are conservative. Yeah. I don't know. But who cares? That's their market choice decision mm -hmm. to sell Either it way. to them. And the other people who want to have like Blizzard that want to have like a, I don't know, a trans soldier mm -hmm. and all this stuff. It's like, well. Yeah, Battlefield 5 is there for you guys. They're selling it to you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, another person says in response to the PC Gamer article, good, the only people asking for it are annoying journals with too much free time. Let people make the games they want to make. It's a form of expression and a form of art. And it's time to stop sinking our dirty claws in others' hard work. To which someone replied, if they're comfortable losing potential players, that's on them. It's one of the reasons I never picked up the game. I, you always hear a bunch of people say this like, oh, well, not enough representation. I'm not going to watch by whatever support. I always wonder, but were you ever going to really? It'd be like, I could threaten to boycott Slate. I could threaten to boycott uh, Teen Vogue. But let's be real. The articles are not intended for me. I'm not really consuming them in the first place. It's like when liberals try to boycott Tucker Carlson. It's like, how many of you, be honest, were watching Tucker Carlson in the first place? So I, I do kind of right. feel like a lot of the... These people don't have actual power to exert market forces on the game so they try to substitute that with exerting like social media outrage which actually they can do because something that i thought was interesting i went on to the tweets that the game developers actually tweeted out and on those i guess they've been publicized they are kind of getting reamed by these social justice activists and being shamed for not including characters who are female and playable in their games. We have some of those lovely people's responses here. This person who has, I feel like if you see, if you're listening on an audio platform, I'm sure you'll be able to imagine it. This kind of animated avatar. I don't need to read the tweet. I know what the opinion express will be. It's kind of yeah. like that Cal Arts simplifies. Like I know, I know immediately what you're gonna say. This guy does not disappoint. He says there will be a lot of players who won't buy your game because of this because of this decision. Like me, if your lore excludes women from being able to play as a character like them, then your lore sucks. It's bad, and you should feel bad. Unless your game has women in the battlefield, fifty fifty parody with men, then your lore is bad. So I guess reality is also bad. No, I, I joke about that. They would likely think that. Uh, we have more. <laughs> Someone else said these excuses don't work any on anyone anymore. It's effing 2020. Good old current year. It's current year. So That's therefore. Right. Thank you for that, Trudeau. Thank you. Um, this person says if making video games that aren't sexist because you're lazy or sexist is too hard, don't make video games anymore. I'm sure your staff might be better off with a recommendation letter and a thumbs up. And what's so funny about this is that I've been kind of this 
the whole issue of female characters representation in games, it's it's one that's been around for a while. Uh, I've watched videos about people complaining about things like breasts, uh, motion, physics, mechanics, or whatever, when people play, complaining that developers didn't get it right. Um, so it kind of does lend credence to the idea that animating women and kind of putting in those female oh. characters actually would be a good amount more work for these developers. Oh, yeah. It changes a lot of things. Yeah. Like, and uh, like the way the gear fits, everything people were saying. Competitively, a lot of people play as women because theoretically they have smaller hitboxes. A, mm. lot, a lot of times the developers will go around that. Uh, you know, they'll try yeah. to. But that's why a lot of people play as, fe as female characters just because they have a smaller profile. Oh, I always thought that like there, we have one friend who always says he plays as a female character. I always thought it was because he liked looking at the butt of the character. That that's also a thing that some guys like. Yeah. Uh, it's not for me, but, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so I just kind of, I mean, I, I'm kind of like an impartial observer to this because I've never played this game. It's been years since I've played the played a game, um, aside from something like Plague Inc., which I've probably played too much. But I, I, do, I do feel bad for these developers because I feel like a lot of people don't want anything to do with something like politics or you know, all of these social issues. They just want to make video games. They just want to write. They just want to draw. They just want to make art. But you can't escape these people because they will come for you. You, you might be yeah. on the side trying to do your own thing. Doesn't matter. They will find you and they will complain. Yeah, so let's be honest. If you could pick a fan base that you want, uh, someone yeah. to sell a game to, I'd much rather sell it to the conservative group of gamers or whatever, the Gamergate folk. Yeah, and who aren't, which are, isn't even conservative. I don't even want no, to conflate no, no. that. No, no, You're right, you're right. But they're whatever. just regular people. Just yeah. the non-progressive folk. Because yeah. you know that if you do have a lot of progressive folk in your game, managing it is going to be a nightmare. And they're never going to be happy. Exactly. They're never going to be satisfied. Yeah. Um, it's like, I mean, The Witcher, we recently kind of did a little bit of a video yeah. kind of on it talking about um, people being upset with nudity and exploitation in the Mary Sue. Uh, they were upset because it handled race poorly, which is funny because when I was watching The Witcher, I was noting, wow, there's a lot of people of African descent in this like Polish face yes. fantasy world, whatever. I don't care. But apparently, prog some progressives at least were mad because they didn't deal with race. Oh, they, yeah. they they just yeah. took the like um, I guess colorblind approach and inserted people of different races, but then acted as if race wasn't a, an issue among them. So it's like these are people who are never going to be satisfied with you know whatever you try to do so it's not a good idea to have them as your you shouldn't your appeal to them you should have just made it like the video game that's one thing that that's nice about video game culture is like look at if you play the witcher 3 which is kind of what made witcher books and game and the netflix series famous mm -hmm. in their in its own way i think the witcher 3 was just so popular if you play that game it's like basically racially homogenous except for like dlc and a few other areas and of course inhumans mm -hmm. but the the point is like nobody even blinked at it. Yeah. But as soon as I knew it would happen, when of it course, comes to mainstream it, culture, mainstream, people have issues with so it. So part of me is like glad that some games are not privy to that kind of just like the woke culture. Yeah. The other part of me is like I wish they would have it already so that people could stop playing video games because <laughs> they're fun and I don't want to enjoy playing them because they're a giant waste of time, right? So. Yeah. Well, I mean, but. Don't forget, these are people who I recently read an article about how Toy Story, their most recent one, I think four or something, was too racially homogenous. And they were complaining that one of the, the characters who is a spork was white because it's like a white plastic spork, which yes. makes it a white character. It's like when people were mad about um, cats, the the main character had white fur, which is like a white. But anyway, these people are never going to be happy, never going to be satisfied. Um, consider this maybe 
even a little bit of an endorsement for this game, uh, Escape from Tarkov, is it? Uh, yeah. yeah, apparently these game it's developers... It's a battle royale. That's the word I was looking for earlier that mm. I forgot about. Yeah, apparently yeah. these game developers uh, don't care, so good for them. And I honestly doubt this will affect their sales or the <sighs> amount of people playing this in the slightest. These people probably were never going to play. Okay, so to finish off the show, final segment, we're going to be looking at exposing Antifa. So... Andy No, he's a journalist. He's done extensive coverage of Antifa. He's even been very seriously attacked by Antifa. Uh, his whole family has been doxxed by Antifa. If you don't follow him on Twitter, you should. It's at Mr. Andy No. No is spelled N-G-O. He's also on Instagram most recently. Uh, we've had the pleasure of meeting him a few times, gotten to speak at events with him. He does good work. Yeah. He recently posted a collection of mugshots and descriptions of the crimes some Antifa members were arrested for. And I want to go through them together because, and this is going to sound mean, they look exactly what you would imagine Antifa members would look like. Um, so we're going to go through these these photos and, you know, these, these mug shots. And th there are a couple things that I want to talk about. If you are listening again on the audio platform, you're going to want to come over to one of the video platforms because you're going to want to see these. Okay, so um, here's some of the tweets. There are much more we didn't include. We've blurred out their names. I don't think going through police mugshots is doxing, but at the same time, the reason why we're doing this right now on the show is not to draw any attention to these people's personal lives. That's not the point of this. No, I just, we just kind of want to make fun of them. Yeah, that, essentially. I just I yeah. just want to talk about them as, as a whole. I did want to talk about that, though. What do you think Andy was doing there? Obviously, Andy was mm -hmm. brutally beaten by Antifa in, yeah. at one of the Portland riots that he was covering. Well, um, I think like do you think he, this is just a, a vendetta or is this doxing? Like, do, what do you think? Well, I don't think doxing um, – people have accused Andy of doxing Antifa. These are people who were arrested by the police. Their mugshots were taken because of crimes they have committed. I don't think that is doxing. And to me, when you're talking about someone who has committed violent acts upon another person, my sympathy for, oh, you were doxed again, it's, it's going to be lower. I'm not saying that we should go after these people's jobs, try to find their families, nothing like that. Don't do that. You know, these people have Let's been... Let's be honest, they don't have jobs. But, <laughs> some, some of them do. We're going to get into the yeah. another thing. But um, we don't need to do that. These are people who have been kind of dealt with, with the police at the proper channels have been taken, thankfully. I think the reason why Andy does things on Antifa is because he feels like these people aren't being held accountable. Yeah. And I know he has shared images of the people who were responsible for assaulting him when he ended up having like a, a brain hemorrhage because he wants them to be identified and found and you kind brought of to justice. brought to justice. Right. And I think with these people, he feels like... They're a threat to people a threat. just like him. People aren't making a big enough a deal about Antifa. He recently had a talk scheduled at UBC in Canada about the violence that Antifa inflicts, and it was actually canceled due to violent threats from Antifa. So I think when it comes to Andy, he's like, we need to talk about this problem. These are real people that are out there. No one's doing enough about it. So I'm going to talk about it. So... Here, this person is a 35-year-old transsexual Antifa militant, has been arrested numerous times in Portland at riots and violent protests. In March 2017, she was charged for strangling a man during a BLM protest in downtown. Like, and the, I kind of chose these specific ones because these are like, anytime I, I talk about Antifa, I have people on the left saying, but what about the right-wing extremists? And of course, like people like the Christchurch shooter 
awful. Condemn, condemn, disavow. Um, no, no one's making excuses for them or trying to justify what they did. But I feel like when it comes to Antifa, a lot of people, especially the mainstream media, they kind of downplay what they've done. Like, Absolutely. oh, you can't compare kind Antifa. Of some kind of justice warriors. Yeah, almost. and it's like, no, yeah. these are violent thugs. A lot of people, myself included, think they should be qualified as domestic terrorists. They're using violence and the threat of violence to make people scared. Like, she was strangling someone. That's not okay. That's a serious problem. And uh, the thing with Antifa is they're organized and they're in pretty much every major city in Western countries, whether that's the US, we saw them in Canada, they're in the UK, they're, you know, you have Black Bloc in Germany and stuff like that. It's not okay. Uh, This lovely individual, 38, was convicted for her role in the Antifa May Day riot in 2017 in Portland that saw parts of downtown set on fire. Antifa threw rocks and incendiary devices at police. Uh, This person pled guilty to felony charges of arson and rioting. She only got probation. And that's like a lot of these things. Like on the one hand, I'm glad that at least they were arrested. But a lot of these um, charges feel very, very minimal. And I'm someone who I support criminal justice reform. I think, you know, if you've not done something violent, I think the idea of just throwing you in prison for years on end doesn't make sense to me. That's not... It's not proportionate. It also doesn't have anything to do with rehabilitation, but it's like, okay, arson and riot, like arson, and you only get probation. That to me sounds maybe. Also, she looks like a character out of Fallout. Yes. Just, yeah, uh, it got some lovely face tattoos. Yeah. That's how you know that they're probably gainly, uh, gainfully employed is the face tattoos. Yes. And like if, if you were to tell me that someone was setting something on fire and I were to look around and see this individual, yeah. I'd be like guilty. Yeah, it's right. like probably you at least had some idea about it. Although I will say like the she got tattoos like on the chin. Like that's kind of cool. Like if we were ever in some sort of like Mad Max scenario and I had to get face tattoos, I might get face tattoos like that. It's like a goatee, Lauren. It wouldn't happen. I don't know. Some, well, maybe not exactly Vito. like that, but it, it looks it looks kind of cool. Um, oh, here we have my favorite one. Uh, this person is a Seattle area transsexual Antifa militant who was arrested yesterday and charged with reckless endangerment. She also has a criminal record in Idaho where this booking photo is from. I feel like there's a disproportionate amount of trans individuals in Antifa. Very strange. And I, also, like, this is not to be mean. I'm actually, like, putting this forward as a legitimate hypothesis. Yeah. I feel like the rate of... Individuals with irregular facial characteristics, let's say, is higher in Antifa because, like, these people have felt legitimately marginalized by our society, which some might say has a, you know, a preference for uh, faces that look different than theirs do. Yes. I, yeah. I, I get what you're going at. I am. You know, um, I'm going to get it. Yeah. There's something to that. And, uh, yeah, I can't deny it. I mean, <laughs> this, this is not someone that I'd be like, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's what I want. Yeah. So. So I feel like, I don't know, maybe these are a bunch of like people who are angry because they weren't the popular kids in school. And so now they feel like they need to try to burn yeah, down I the mean, whole system. I don't even want to go that far. But what I'm saying is that, you know, be, there would be people that benefit from some kind of communism within like the romantic world. Yeah. Yes, that is a good way to put it. Um, Okay, this person, 23-year-old Antifa militant, sentenced to five years in prison. That's a long time. Related to a violent May Day riot in 2017 in Portland. Uh, He tried to set a police cruiser on fire by throwing flares inside. He also started a fire inside a downtown Target. There's a lot of arson going on with Antifa. I feel like people don't understand the amount of property damage these people 
commit. It's pretty crazy. Also, something that I want to mention, have you noticed any patterns racially with these people? Um, they're they're looking very much on the Caucasian side of thing, which I think is interesting yeah, to know. Yeah, there's something to that. Because, you know, they claim to be standing up for the oppressed groups. They very much look like a, a bunch of, like, middle-class white people. And I think that's... Obviously, you know, if you look at voting blocks, people who are non-white are more likely to vote Democrat. But if you look at people who would gravitate toward Antifa, i.e. far leftist, radical socialists, I'm sorry, but that is like, that is a white person ideology. Like that is, oh, you're, you're more likely to be white. You're more likely to be from a upper to middle, like upper middle class background. And actually there's a, well, a video I might do. There have been several leftists who have complained about how white left YouTube is. And it's like, it's because no. you're all white progressives. It's like how they had to cancel the Women's March in this one town because they were they were too white. And it's like, yes, you, your ideology is, is very, very white. Like, these are white people problems that you have imagined in your mind. Uh, this No, this is my favorite. Uh, this, so this person is a 42-year-old transsexual fortune teller. That's yeah, that, that tattoo in the middle of the forehead is making me itchy right yeah. there. Also, we got the lip liner thing going on. Uh, was arrested in Portland, Oregon at a riot in September 2017. She was charged with interfering with a police officer and disorderly conduct in the second degree. 42-year-old transsexual fortune teller. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. That's uh, Antiva. Well, got another one. 37 was charged with disorderly conduct in second degree during a violent Antifa riot on May Day 2017 in Portland. Businesses were smashed and militants started fires. This person was convicted on another offense and fined $265, which he has failed to pay. It's big money. Yeah, and still not able to, to pay it. So I don't know. I feel like if the, the, the crimes that are being described, I had never even heard of these things. And I, I feel like I, I try to keep up to date on Antifa happenings. If it had been a right-wing group or even a group. Oh, yeah. Every single little you know, thing whatever. Is, is national news. They, yeah, this would have been a much bigger deal. I think it's perfectly fair yeah. to say that there is a huge double standard in reporting on crimes committed by left-wing groups and crimes committed by right-wing groups. It's like we had um, that Antifa supporter who was trying to firebomb an ICE facility. No one talked about it at all, where it's like every little thing that someone on the right does is completely catapulted into the national stage like this is yeah. a double standard and i think it's fair to bring attention to it um okay so we have another story here and it's by the post millennial post millennial is by the way the uh, i guess like online publication that i think andy is the editor-in-chief of or something i, he's I believe that's the case yeah, he, yeah he's affiliated with them so here we have a story about another antifa member who apparently is being accused of racism and predatory behavior they say, by day, Christian Michael Exu is a 38-year-old library supervisor at St. Lawrence University in Canton, New York. However, online, he uses the moniker Anti-Fash Gordon. I think that's a play on Flash Gordon. Yes. Yeah. Clever. He has gained a large following in left-wing networks for his activism with Antifa and by releasing doxes or personal information of his ideological opponents to his 25,000 followers on Twitter. Exo proudly boasts on his Twitter biography that he has gotten people fired from jobs, removed from schools, and kicked out of homes. But a recent Medium post by Sora MC, who claims to be an ex-housemate of Exu, accuses him of frequently using a slew of racial slurs in the course of his investigative work and general predatory behavior. So I wanted to bring up this person, and I like I know 
like the the person who's accusing him of predatory behavior and racist behavior is anonymous and it's technically hearsay but it doesn't sound like this individual would care if things were reversed and i think it's ironic how much doxing antifa likes to do of the right wing for people who do hide behind these anonymous profiles and who wear masks to all of these events right because that's that's something that i've heard um Antifa supporters or sympathizers say, well, you know, if these fascists uh, didn't have such disgusting views, they wouldn't be afraid of being doxxed. And they say this as they like find out where like people who post right wing things on Facebook, where they work, who their family members are. And it's like, okay, A, I don't think these people are ashamed of their views. I think they just don't want to be targeted by violent extremists, which is fair. And like B, you dox you dox people all the time, but when anyone like mentions one of your mugshots, you get upset. It's like start it doesn't. Screeching. Yeah, yeah, you start screeching. It doesn't really make sense. Um, going into twenty twenty, I hope that Antifa doesn't continue to be as as much of a problem as they've been in the past. And the thing is, like we've been at events where there has have been Antifa. And Lauren members. wants to go to more, and I'm like, listen, I don't want to go to more. We're talking about the DNC. Okay, well. I will mention we are going to be at the Better Discourse event in Milwaukee uh, this coming July. Yeah. Um, you can, I think, find tickets at betterdiscourseevent.com. Mm. And it's going to be the same weekend as the DNC convention. And I want to go to some of the DNC events and film. That's not the same thing as saying I want to yeah, go fair see enough, Antifa. But we have, fair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, there might be Antifa there, but... I don't even know because it's a DNC event. Yeah, but they're not far left enough. Yeah, that's true. They're pretty much fascist, so you have to write. Yeah. But I think I should be able to like go to events without worrying about being. That's the thing, though. I I think that there's great evidence that that's not the case. There's a lot of people that have been nearly killed and and severely injured by these people that are violent. And I'm sure that once they know someone like like Andy No, for example, is actually there, they tend to target them. So that's all. I'm sure that many of the people that are watching share my concern. Yeah, is, uh, and no one wants me to be in any danger, least of all me. Um, but uh, I mean, we've at the Hamilton event uh, with Max and Bernier and Dave Rubin, there were Antifa members there. Yeah. I was very pleased to see police take swift action it's against true. them. I saw they, they took down a guy and I was like, it was I actually felt bad because in the footage, I'm like, yeah, good for them. And I was like, it was happening two feet in front of me. But uh, yeah, in um, when we were in New Jersey at the Mines IRL event, there were p- people there protesting who apparently in New Jersey, Antifa has been designated i don't know if it's a a terrorist group but there was something about how the people there couldn't call themselves antifa for some reason but they were operating at under some other group and i mean those people were thank goodness super low energy they didn't do anything my goodness i didn't even know that they were angry at us until we passed them yeah it's because they they got tired of chanting so they eventually only like they just chanted when people were actually coming by but they weren't very quick on the uptake when people were passing by so there was a delay it was brutal like i remember locking eyes with one of them and they were smiling at me and it looked kind of like a devilish smile yeah and i was like are they a fan or are they an ativa i don't even know at this point yeah and then when we got like 20 feet away then they started getting angry i was like man that's and of course it was like a it was a woman that led the chant i noticed that too i was like the testosterone in this group is just what's happening yeah I felt sorry for him. I uh, know. I felt sorry for the two them too. And again, all all white people there, right? Yeah, they were no, like, absolutely. it's funny because the, the, the event well, that they were protesting was more racially diverse, diverse, politically diverse, everything yeah, diverse. Absolutely. Then and they made women drop out of that event more yeah, than anybody. But they you made know, women of color and LGBT women drop out of that event. The truth is, 
every demographic group has an in-group preference. Mm-hmm. Except, Except white liberals. White liberals. They, have an, they have a negative in-group preference. They prefer other groups than their own. Yeah. Which is they, – they, ultimately, they hate themselves. Yeah, That's which really is funny because they it's still sick. congregate with only themselves. Oh, I know. It's, right? it's just a miserable lot. Yeah. So anyway um, – that's our little expose on them. Some insight into who exactly these Antifa members are. Long story short, exactly, apparently, who you would think they are. I, like you said, I feel bad for these people. Um, I hope that, you know, we have some live events coming up. I hope that they don't come around. And I am very disappointed that Andy's speech at UBC was canceled because right. of people. I was, it's, it's interesting because it's like in a fair fight, you know, these people would not stand any chance. But they resort to things like intimidation, dirty tactics. I mean, they do they do things like put the locks in the socks. Like these people are just they have no honor. And it's it's disgusting how they're not being held accountable. They're they should be held more accountable. In any case, I think that's pretty much all we have to say for tonight. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you're watching live, be sure to stay on the stream because we're gonna be back in just a few seconds with some exclusive QA with your super chats. And we will see you next time. Bye.